Do you think that I cannot call upon my father and he will provide me at this moment more than 12 legions of angels? Good morning, Christian America. Jesus has the power to bring legions of angels upon his enemy. He has the universe, the world, the inception, everlasting to everlasting in his grasp, in his power. He has the capability to do whatever he wants to do. As we discuss today in scripture, when he's arrested and he's taken into bondage, he does so willingly. He does so sacrificially. Even though he has the power of God, he chooses not to use it. He chooses to allow the fulfillment of God's will, the fulfillment of scripture. He chooses God's will, God's understanding over man's understanding. With the world in chaos, our country at a, at a fracturing point, it's important that we understand just because we can do something doesn't mean it's the best course of action. Let's talk about this as we get into scripture and the arrest of Jesus. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Welcome to another Friday edition of the Good Morning Christian America podcast. Before we get started, we want to remind you guys to subscribe to this YouTube channel. If you're watching this on social media, make sure you go to the uh, YouTube channel, the Good Morning Christian America YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you don't miss any of the content we put out. Also, if you're watching this on any of the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or uh, Parlor, Make sure you guys follow us, share our links. That's how we beat the algorithms, ladies and gentlemen. That is how we beat the algorithms. We, Christian content, good content, wholesome content, good, the good news of Jesus Christ isn't, wasn't designed for uh, what wasn't thought about when Facebook was coming about, wasn't thought about when social media was coming about. So, you know, these platforms weren't designed for people like us. They weren't designed for believers. They weren't designed for the good message to spread across their platforms. And now that they re recognize that it is spreading across their platforms, they're trying to silence it. They're trying to reverse all of that. And the only way that we can can bypass the algorithm rhythms, the only way that we can beat uh, the, the social media algorithms at their own game is by interacting with this content, interacting with the verses that we share, interacting with the video that, videos that we produce, uh, interacting with the content and the, and the news articles that we share with you guys. So you guys are the key. We collectively are the key to spreading the good news. If you want to spread the good news, the, the very minimum, at the very least, what you could do is click on the content, click the share button and just put it on your profile. There's nothing wrong. It actually, there's a lot of a lot of goodness that goes into sharing the good news and you can play your part in the collective of, of sharing the good news, of making believers of all nations, uh, of spreading the message of Jesus Christ to you and your family and your communities and your friends on whatever social media platform. You have that power. We have that power. You can play a part in it. We can play a part in it. We do that by engaging in the content, share this video, share our content, share anything of goodness. It doesn't have to be ours. It can be anything 
dedicated to the principles of Christ. If we do that together, there's no stopping what we can, what can we accomplish out of this. And so we want to remind you that early on, early and often here on the um, here on the podcast, here on the Christian American community and the Christian American revitalization effort and the Christian American T-shirt company. So with that, we're going to continue this Friday today. We're going to continue down the chapter or uh, down the chapter 26 of the book of Matthew. We've been covering the book of Matthew for nearly two years. Every week, we bring you a snippet of scripture verbatim. We're going to show it to you. We're going to read it to you. And then we're going to discuss what this means. It's important that we understand scripture. If we don't understand scripture, then we, we shouldn't be using it out there in the in the public. If we don't understand what we're saying, we can't just regurgitate it uh, unless we, we can utilize it properly. I used to work for a guy. He used to say, don't worry about the, using big words. Use the words that you know how to use. Ladies and gentlemen, use the scripture that we know how to use. Use scripture that that we understand and we understand it we can only understand it by reading uh thinking about it and, and discussing it so that's what we try to bring to you today on this friday version of the good morning christian america podcast and today we're going to talk about the the betrayal and the arrest of jesus because jesus as we know as we believe even though there was a poll that said only uh that, that only 30 percent of you know evangelicals and believers in christ believe that jesus was god we do because we believe in scripture and that scripture is the word of God and that Jesus says that I am in the father and he is in me right we understand that because we read scripture and, and it's sad that not too many people do even believers and even followers uh, don't read enough of it they don't understand it they just like to they, they can memorize a, a few things and then they're susceptible to the subversion of scripture to use scripture to to uh, subvert scripture and we see that in the devil's temptation of Jesus right he uses uh, the devil uses scripture to tempt man, to tempt even Jesus himself. So we have to be educated. We have to be knowledgeable in scripture so that we don't fall prey to the devil's schemes. And so that's what we do, we're, we're doing here today. And today we're going to talk about the arrest and the, and the betrayal of Jesus that night, uh, the night of his arrest. He is uh, getting ready to enter his passion. And we see in this script, in this scripture, we see a flip. We, 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 we see a turn of events where Jesus goes from the active participant of healer and minister and rabbi, and teacher and friend and confidant and all these things that he is. And to a submission to, to a submissive individual, because he knows that there's a greater will at stake than than what anyone around him can fathom. And we see that uh, in, in this passage. So it's an important passage, especially today when there's already so many, so much violence that are is plaguing our nation, that is plaguing our communities, um, and and it's it's tugging at the at the heartstrings. It's tugging at the psyche. It's the it's tugging at the core of our soul today in, in America in 2020 to see what we see and, and witness what we witness because we have and we have this idea in our mind about what's right and in our mind about what needs to take place but this is a passage to remind you to remind us that yes we are supposed to stand strong for the faith but also understand that god has a greater plan and we just don't know what that is but we have faith in him we have faith in christ that he's going to lead us in the right direction and we see that when the tables get turned, he gets betrayed. And uh, although 
Peter is not named in this passage in the book of John. Peter is, uh, is named as uh, a defender of Jesus who takes out his sword and uh, cuts off the ear of one of the guards and all this stuff. So let's get into scripture today, right now, uh, and on this, it, it go through this passage, the book of Matthew, chapter, um, chapter 26. We're going to start at verse 47 for you guys. So turn there. That's Matthew 26, 47. And it starts off at verse 47. And it says, while he was still speaking, and that's Jesus talking to, uh, to his disciples that accompanied him to the Garden of Gethsemane, who were falling asleep. They fell asleep three different times. And now he's, he's kind of chastising them. He's kind of rebuking them. And he says, look, right prior to this, look, get up, my betrayer is at hand. And that's where 40, uh, verse 47 comes into play. He says, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the 12, arrived, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who had come from the chief priests and the elders of the people. His betrayer had arranged a sign with them, saying, the man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him. Immediately, he went over to Jesus and said, hail, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus answered him, friend, do what you have come for. Then stepping forward, he laid hands on Jesus. They laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to his sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into your sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call upon my father and he will not provide me? at this moment with more than 12 legions of angels. But then how would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must come to pass in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? Day after day, I sat teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me. But all this has has to come uh, has come to pass that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. And then all the disciples left him and fled. All the disciples left him and fled. Imagine that feeling. Imagine that feeling of betrayal. Imagine that emptiness that Jesus must be feeling. Imagine the disappointment he must feel. If it was us, we would have acted like Peter. Chances are we would have withdrew our swords. We would have gotten mad. We would have gotten angry. We would have gotten angry at, at our friends who, who left us, who betrayed us, who, who didn't want to stand strong with us. We would get mad at the, at the uh, Sanhedrin, the authorities to come after him for no reason. He hadn't done anything wrong. He hadn't sinned any, against anyone. He hadn't robbed. He hadn't stolen. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't hurt anyone, but yet they're after him anyway. There, if there ever was an unjust detention, if there was ever an unjust arrest, if there was ever a miscarriage of justice in a legal system, my friends, this is it. Jesus experienced it. Jesus experienced it. And we, as normal human beings, would have been distraught. We would have been angry. We would have been out of our minds we would have been so upset we would have been uh fell into a depression we could have been we could have been at any type any type of emotion 
we could have gone through any type of wrongheaded emotion because we are humans and we think as humans do. And that is not always the right path. The right path is not to try to think about what we would do, but yet what would Jesus do? Remember, we used to have those things, the shirts and pins and bumper stickers, and I don't know if they still do or not. They used to say, WWJD, what would Jesus do? We have to think of our lives in that context. What would Jesus do? Today, when everybody is on the streets and there's fighting between different organizations, different political ideologies, different racial lines, I mean, the, the lines are, aren't as clear cut as people think they are. They cut a bunch of different ways. We're not here to, to talk about one versus the other or, you know, each to, to, to each side and the pluses and the minuses and what so, some people have a point and some people don't have a point. The point that we want to make is, my friends, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I would, I would tell you what we do know through scripture that we've covered here is that Jesus stands firm on God's law. Jesus stands firm in the commandments that God gives us. Jesus stands firm for those who don't have much. Jesus stands firm for, the, for people who are treated unjustly. Jesus stands firm for the little ones. He says, to not harm a, a hair on their head. Jesus stands firm on the law that God has given us through the spirit of the law. We know that because we read scripture. We know that because scripture says so. We know that because if we took any time, not even a lot of time, just a, a little bit of time to look at just the book of Matthew, which we have covered up until this point, we, we understand, we get the insight, we get the revelation that Jesus gives us. Why does the Bible exist, friends? The, the Bible exists to give us this insight as to what Jesus would do, what God has created, why has he created it, what has come to pass, and why did it come to pass? If we don't have scripture, then we're just making it up. And even with scripture, people try to twist it and make it up. It's important that we read scripture. It's important that we share the message. It's been important that we understand what Jesus does and what Jesus does in this case when treated unjustly, he says, he recognizes, I could call on my father who would give me 12 legions of armies. He could, he could kill every single person out there in that garden. He could take the throne of the world. He could do whatever he wants to do, but he doesn't. He chooses instead to be obedient to the law. He chooses instead to be obedient to God the Father. He chooses instead to be righteous. Because not to be righteous is to be what? Wicked. Not to be righteous is to be wicked. Not to be right is to be what? wrong for a lot of a lot of issues that we come across in our lives we like to make it gray we like to make some wiggle room for ourselves but for the most part if we're honest with ourselves we're just trying to make room for our own error we're trying to make room for our own ambition. We're trying to make room for our own sin. We're, on, we're trying to make room for our own temptation. We're trying to make room for us. And we're being selfish because we're trying to make room for us. We're trying to justify our own actions. 
when most of the time, the vast, vast, vast majority of the time, decisions in our life come down to righteous and not righteous, which I just said is wicked. And people don't want to hear that. That's a tough message. But we have to believe this message. We have to believe in Jesus. We have to believe in Scripture. We have to believe in the tradition that the church gives us. We have to believe in the word that God provides us. We have to believe in the lessons that God provides us, that Jesus, the example that Jesus sets for us. Because if we don't, if we don't, we have despair. If we don't, we have chaos. If we don't, we have depression. If we don't, we have a society that's lost its way. We have a people that's lost its way. This passage, this example of what happens to Jesus in this case is very similar one. It's one that happens to, uh, to Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 37. If you, if you have your Bibles, turn all the way back to Jeremiah chapter 37. And if you get down to verse 15, it says the princes were enraged. The princes, the hierarchy, the leaders were enraged at Jeremiah. And Jeremiah had Jeremiah beaten and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan the scribe, for they were using it as a jail. And so Jeremiah went into the room in the dungeon where he remained many days. Doing the right thing comes with a cost. It always does. In the book of Acts, chapter 21, Paul is beaten for following the word of God as he sees it, for establishing the early church the way God tells him to. He tries to explain himself, and in chapter 23, he, again, after being beaten, is in front of the leaders. He's in front of the Sanhedrin. He's in front of the high priest, just like Jesus. And, he's, and he says, and he gets beaten by the Sanhedrin. If you go to, to early in, in the book of Acts, Stephen is the first martyr. He's brought, once again, before the, before the religious leadership. Paul at that point was Saul at that point was also there on the other side of the coin and had him stoned to death. This is a constant theme lately of this, of, of this podcast because it's important that believers are going to have to be tried. We are going to go through our trying times. There will be obstacles, but we must always, always, always think about what Jesus does. And to meet violence with violence, to meet hatred with hatred, to meet evil with evil is not the way that Jesus says to do things. To meet hyperbolic rhetoric with hyperbolic rhetoric is not the way Jesus says to do things. It's not the example that he set. It's not the example that any of his followers set. Now, do we stand strong for God's commandments? Absolutely. Did Jesus walk into the temple, see the money changers, and flip tables because he was upset? Absolutely he did. He did. Did he give stern warnings about not listening to God's commandments, that not follow, about not following uh, you know, what the master tells you? He says numerous times that you're going to end up in a place of darkness if you, if you stray from his commandments. A place of wailing and gnashing of teeth, of grinding of teeth, out in the darkness. Jesus' words. He's warned you. He's warned us 
But at the same time, he never met evil with evil. You overcome evil with goodness. We got to look upon our brothers and sisters today in our community, in the Christian American community today. We have to look them in the face and agree and come together on things of importance. And nothing is more important than scripture and God's involvement in our lives and his commands that he has for us and the duty and the responsibility that we have as believers and elders in our communities to propagate the word of God, to spread good news, to drown out the good for nothing news. We must overcome evil with good. We must overcome the good for nothing with the good. And that's why we're here. That's why you should be here. You, I'm asking you to take it upon yourself as an additional duty to your daily life to spread just a smidgen of good news, a smidgen of scripture, just a, just a bit of a, a verse, a picture, a prayer, a video just click the share button you don't even have to come up with it you just find someone else who's done it one of these christian organizations come to the christian american community see what we put out every day just hit share and share with your friends i just ask you to do that i promise you goodness begets goodness god's word doesn't just add it multiplies but left at a void evil will also multiply and so that's why that's why it's so necessary. So we ask you today to do that. Take that upon yourself. Take that small step upon yourself that you can do is to share good messages. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a blessed weekend. Spend some time with your family and your friends. Talk to your loved ones. Talk to your children. Talk to your neighbors. Look them in the eye. Explain to them that you care for them. That if they're going through a rough time, that you're there for them and then be there for them. Don't run and flee if things get tough. Stand by your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do what Jesus would do. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we ask you to stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.